Heavenly Father, we just want to thank and praise you for your answers to prayer. Lord, for working in our hearts and in our lives. We just ask for your strength and your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. And I forgot to share one praise. Brother Slava called me yesterday. Some of you may remember he had a gallbladder attack. They were talking about needing surgery. He called me yesterday and said uh, they're going to try to dissolve following through the book of Psalms. And, uh, of course, we're not doing this in any specific order. But tonight I would like to try to cover two little psalms stuck together, uh, very similar in scope and sequence, and and um, Psalm 46 and Psalm 47. And uh, we're just going to go through these psalms, short little songs, songs of praise to God, praise to God for who He is, for what He does. And let's just read Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. The heathen raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered, uttered his voice. The earth melted. The, Lord's, uh, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So we look at this little psalm here, just 11 verses. We'll see the word Selah in there. And uh, really that's just uh, what we might call a breath mark or stop and think about it is is, uh, the best way to put it in there. And uh, so as we go through these uh, three little courses here, and the overall theme is praise to God. Now, it says, God is our refuge. Now, what is a refuge? Shelter or protection from danger or trouble. Succor, sought by or rendered to a person. To do refuge, to give refuge, to aid one. Now, that's the first definition of the Oxford English Dictionary. And uh, one of the reasons why... Uh, I like just reading dictionary definitions is because they give us a good understanding of the word. And you say, well, what about the original language? Well, if you look up that word in the original language, you know what it'll mean? A shelter or protection from danger. I mean, it's the same word. 
And, and so uh, we tried to keep it as simple and, and right on course. But God is our refuge. If you want protection, uh, how many of you have heard um, an advertisement buy gold for your IRA? If you listen to the radio, I mean every other well, read your Bible. It says that gold is not going to be a safe haven. There'll come a time when gold is worthless. And by the way, uh, you might can buy things with it, but you can't eat it. And uh, don't, don't be all caught up. Every once in a while, some pastor will talk and... He'll say, and we'll get talking about end times and things, and eventually say, are you ready? Uh, Yeah, I'm ready. He said, how are you ready? Well, I'm just going to keep serving the Lord till He comes. That's that's how I'm going to be ready. If God can't protect me, do you think you're going to do the job? Hello? Hello? And God is our refuge. He is the place where we need to hide. It says, a very present help in trouble. God will, as the old songwriter said, God will take care of you. And yet, we read stories... In our Bible, we know stories in history where God has chosen a path of suffering. Does that mean God is not taking care of you? I mean, we've got to go back to this morning's sermon. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. He doesn't make mistakes. If we start from there, we're going to be okay. If we don't, we're going to end up in a place where we're going to accuse God of doing something wrong. And I really don't know of a greater sin than that, do you? And so we, as we start in this song, and this little song here is going to be attached to so many things through the Bible, God is our refuge and strength. I'll tell you, if you're going to be strong in this world today, it's not going to be because of you. It's not going to be because you go to the gym. Uh, and uh, it's not going to be because of uh, some, uh, oh, whatever. Uh, I saw a thing on the news the other day, uh, Internet news, about uh, the first bionic arm. And some of you remember, old enough to remember that stupid television show about the bionic man. And then they had just a bunch of junk. Uh, You're not going to be protected. Have you ever wondered why the Lone Ranger always got out of every situation? Because the script writer said so. That's why. You ever wonder why that... That hero that goes into combat always wins because it's a movie, man. It's all made up. We face a real war, much more dangerous than anything with guns or knives. 
And if God is not your strength, you are going to get taken down. There is no question about it. You're not as smart as the devil is. Don't even think about it. But you know something? If I hide behind my big brother, I think I'm pretty safe. How about you? That's what Jesus is doing here. That's what he is offering us. And this is what the psalmist is singing about. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? And you read in the general epistles, uh, uh, I believe it's Peter says that the fact that we are not afraid of the world is a token to the world that we're absolutely stark raving mad. That, that we cannot be seen because we're not afraid of them. You know, that's one of the world's greatest tools is just plain old-fashioned fear. We, we had uh, took a couple of days while Hannah was home and we went down to uh, Harper's Ferry and then stopped at Antietam and Gettysburg. Antietam is a, just a several little hillsides in western Maryland. The single bloodiest day of combat in American history until World War I. I mean, World War II. 20,000 casualties in one series of battle on one, one actual battle, several different parts to it, in one 24-hour period. Can you stop and think about that? We rode our bikes around a place called the cornfield. 8,000 men fell in that cornfield in just a few hours. That blows my mind. Gettysburg was three days of battle. Over a hundred, I'm trying to think of what the total was, 160, 170,000 men engaged in battle for three days and over 50,000. At the end of that three-day period, over 50,000 wounded, killed, or missing in action. Nobody knows the real numbers. When you get into numbers that high, you just... You just don't even, you can't even get an accurate count. And this was over 150 years ago. It says, therefore, therefore will not we fear. You think about all of that stuff. You think about the weapons that we have today. One missile can take out ten entire cities in a flash of light. And we're not talking little towns. I mean, we're talking New York-sized cities. Totally destroyed so that they would not be rebuilt for a hundred years. One weapon. We got a submarine that under more than one that carries 22 of those things. And that's just one weapon. Here's what the psalmist said. 
He didn't know about all these things. He had no ideas about mass murders and things that go on. He says, therefore, will not we fear though the earth be removed? Now, nothing that catastrophic has happened yet. He said, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Do you think Jesus might have had this passage in his mind when he said, you have faith as grain of a mustard seed, you could say unto this mountain, be plucked up by the roots and cast into the sea and it should obey you? And I, I believe that he did have this in mind. As the psalmist was singing, he said, listen, if the earth is removed, if the mountains all jumped up and fell into the sea... He said, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. He said, God is a refuge. When is the last time you sat down and just gave a few moments of thinking about the fact that God is bigger than the Kremlin, than the IRS, just naming terrorist organizations. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But uh, naming all of these things that trouble us. God's bigger than that. You say, I just don't know how I'm going to handle it. Well, wait a minute. Maybe God didn't intend you to handle it. Maybe He wanted you hiding in the refuge. Maybe he wanted you standing behind the Savior instead of trying to lead him. You ever tried to do that? Don't admit it, but most of us have at one point or another. We've tried to give God a little direction. We'd like to see him do some things. Uh, The problem is not God doesn't move fast enough. It's us hiding in him. It says, therefore, because God is our refuge... We have no reason to fear. Now look at verse 4. This starts the next part. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. Now, how many of you, your mind's jogging to another place in the Bible where it talks about a city of God and a river running out of the city of God called the New Jerusalem. And that river heals the Dead Sea and fills it full of life. And it says they're going to cast nets into what we call the Dead Sea today and catch fish there. It said that this river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. And she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. We go right back there. One of the accusations that has been made against Bible-believing Christians is, you just believe in pie in the sky by and by. How many of you have heard that phrase? Oh, I just, I'll tell you, I like to do some unchristian things when people use terminology like that. But I, I usually ask God to give grace and smile. I'm going to have a whole lot more than pie in the sky by and by. 
There's going to be a river in that city of God that's going to change this whole world. And it's not moving. There's not going to be any more sunset in the kingdom of God. How many of you have ever woke up in the middle of the night and just had that few seconds of, wow, where am I? What's going on? That'll never happen again. Because there's no night there. I tried while I was in Bible college to prove that you could live without sleep. And you know what I found out? Doesn't work. But in the kingdom, I'm not going to bed for the first 10,000 years by God's grace. Won't need any rest. Because we'll have His strength and His ability. You know, sometimes we need to take a few moments and just think, God's bigger than any problem I face. But God's going to do some things on this earth that are so far above and beyond. He spoke and the earth melted. Now, how in the world did the writer of this psalm understand all of the prophecies in the book of Revelation? Well, maybe it was the same one that was giving the prophecies in the book of Revelation, telling the psalmist to pen these words. And, of course, we don't know who actually wrote this psalm. But I'll tell you what I want. I want the Lord of hosts to be my refuge. I want to hide. Now, verse 8. Here's the last thing the psalmist is asking us to think about. Three times we're going to be told that there is a refuge. Come, verse 8, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations hath he made in the earth? Now, that doesn't sound very positive, now does it? But I'll tell you what, I'm glad that the Lord has made some desolations on the earth. I'm glad he's laid waste the great empires of old. We can see the ruins of many of these things. Uh, there was just an article the other day somebody had written about. They had uh, been investigating in one of these Aztec or Inca temples, and they found a room where they had apparently buried the human sacrifices. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of skulls, and things, you know what? All that's left of those empires is their ruins. Man has always tried to exalt himself against God. And he gets slapped down every, every time. Last time is going to be the Battle of Armageddon. Just before Jesus sets up his kingdom. So, come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. 
three different thoughts here tonight in this little song. Things that you need to think about. What are you afraid of tonight? The Bible says you don't need to be afraid if God is your refuge. He is bigger than your fears. And you can't prepare near as well as He has the ability to protect. So instead of you trying to take care of yourself, stop being afraid and live in the refuge that God has given I want to see that river of life. I can't imagine. I've got pictures in my head of what the Bible says. If, if we understand correctly, the, the, that river is going to flow out from under the throne of God in the New Jerusalem, and it's going to pour down the mountainside and flow into the Jordan Valley, and it's going to fill the Jordan Valley with water. I'll tell you what, that's a desert today. The Dead Sea, the only thing that lives there is bacteria. I like to fish. How about you? Well, I'll put it this way. Sometimes I like to fish, which means... Just throwing your lure in the water and getting it wet because it's a great excuse to just stand still and do nothing for a little bit. But once in a while, I like to catch fish uh, uh, because that's fun too. And uh, the Bible says that He's going to make that place alive. And we've got to start thinking and get our minds off of what we're looking at and what God is going to do with this place. And then He says, Be still. You know, our little children, one of the funniest things is you just never know when you get little kids in front of a microphone what they're going to do. And I mean, they're just sitting there and wiggling and doing all their little things. And we think that's cute, and it is. But it's not cute when you're 40 years old. It's not cute in your 50s. I'm sorry. It's hard for us to be still. But the psalmist said, be still and know that I am God. When is the last time you took a few moments to think about the greatness of God and the fact that He's bigger than your fears? That's part one. Part two. Meditate, contemplate, read those verses that talk about the river of life. Read those chapters in Ezekiel that nobody wants to read about that river that gets bigger and bigger. And finally the prophet can't cross it. And read in the book of Revelation about the new Jerusalem and the fact that there's no night there. And God is going to dwell with them and He's going to be their God. And nothing evil is going to enter that city. Not one sin. God's going to do some pretty incredible things. And that kingdom is going to last a thousand years. A thousand years. 
we think we have some great advances. I, I'm not purposely, I have no desire to watch the video. I've seen the ads, uh, the Stephen Hawkins guy, the God-hater, the biggest event that has ever happened in human history. I have no idea what he's talking about. I really don't care. Because I'll tell you what the biggest event in human history is going to be. It's going to be at the end of the tribulation period when Jesus comes back and sets up his kingdom. Amen. And that's what this... You need to think about those things. And then, look at all the people that have stood against God through the years. Has anyone here actually read the works of Voltaire? Does anybody even know who he is? A couple of people do. Has anybody here ever read one of his books all the way through? At one time, he was the most famous and well-known philosopher in the world. Hated God. He was so arrogant as to say in his lifetime... They were going, he was going to eradicate the Bible and replace it with his philosophy. Now, half a dozen people raised their hands that they'd heard his name. No one raised their hand that they'd even read one of his books. I don't think there's anything that Voltaire has written that's in print today. But how many of you brought your Bible with you tonight? Would you just hold it up a minute? You see something? God took care of the God-haters. You need to think about that. You need to be reminded. That's what this little song is about. That's why God wanted it to be sung. Because God has wrought desolations on this earth. He has taken the war machine of the Assyrians, Babylonians, Greeks, the Mongol hordes, the Soviet Union, and put them all on the ash heaps of history. You know what? He'll take care of the army of any people who stand against him. It angers me every time I think about that statue over in the UN, front of the UN building of the man stand there beating his spear into a pruning hook, his sword into a plowshare, actually. They're blaspheming the Bible. Those people over there think that they're going to bring peace on earth. I'll tell you who's going to bring peace on earth it's going to be Jesus. He's going to make war to end. Then we'll take our swords and our spears and turn them into gardening tools. Because there will be no more war. You need to think about that. We live in a troubled world. I think the best way to describe this planet we live on is a powder keg with a short fuse. It's just about to blow, my friend. I don't care where you are. You just spin the globe and stick your finger in it, and there's a war brewing. But 
be still and know that I am God. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Three times. We won't take time to get to Psalm 47 tonight. God is our refuge and strength, very present help in a time of trouble. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. In the last verse, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Tell you what. Are you afraid tonight? You need to take the refuge that he has. You need to stop and think about what God has promised to do. And as the world rattles its sabers and promotes itself and talks of all of its great destructive power, you need to remember something. The Lord has laid waste every kingdom. You know, we know so little about what the Aztec and Inca empires had control over and what they did. We have no clue as to how they built that huge temple complex on Machu Picchu there in the high Andy mountains. I have no clue how these people did all this stuff. But I'll tell you one thing. They weren't worshiping the God of the Bible. All that's left is desolation. So don't let the Republicans get you too worried. Don't don't let the Democrats upset you. If God is your refuge, what do you have to be afraid of? It always looks like the world's going to win now, doesn't it? The devil wants you to believe that he's going to win, but he can't. I read the last chapter. How about you? This psalm says, I want you to think about that. And be encouraged in this wicked, evil world in which we live. And all God's people say, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for this psalm. And Lord, I ask in my own personal life, that you would help me take time to remember these things and to sing this song not simply by reading the song but to remind myself that you're greater than anything we can fear there's no trouble that can befall us that you can't bring us through Lord you're going to do some great things oh my Help us to remember and to think about those exceeding, incredible promises in your word. And Lord, we don't have to wait for future events to see your mighty hand working in our midst. Lord, let us take some time to be still and know that you are God. I pray that each person here is hiding in the refuge that God provides. In your name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, if you'd like to just add a few of your own, if God's touched your heart about something, the altar's open. Of course, 